From sprains to fractures, get expert care quickly at the University of Kansas Health System. Walk-in orthopedic care is open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 to 2 at I-435 and Null. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Welcome to the homestretch, ESPN Kansas City. This piece of garbage. If you all knew what Dylan had to go through in the last 30 seconds before this show started, this absolute lunatic. It's okay. Sterling can edit it. Let's just get this music out of here. You know, Dylan, great work. Uh, Dylan, you... I'm Joshua Briscoe here on ESPN Kansas City with Sterling Holmes, the homestretch. Welcome back in... Dylan deserves a crown. Briscoe is with us. Let's do the ESPN Kansas City setup here, and then you can edit all this out for later. We just did. We're done. Oh. No, people need to know what just happened, though. It was very funny, and it'll help explain yeah, we, why we were we so We got a whole it. hour to play tonight. I messed up. Right before the show, it gave Dylan 10 seconds to play the legitimate... Uh, he was like, hey, pick a different song. Don't play the intro, because sometimes sometimes you use every part of the back. buffalo. You run it back at the you nighttime on 810. I don't want to uh, be here at 9 p.m. if I can help it, you know? But I'm happy to do to have... These words heard twice, and so Sterling was, like, coordinating the whole deal, saying, Dylan, quick, get us a, an intro uh, with any song that doesn't include imaging, because I don't want to say it's the home stretch on ESPN Kansas City. And then Dylan potted Sterling up, and the first words we heard were... Welcome into the home stretch. <laughs> ESPN Kansas City. All right. <clears throat> Are you going to do a quick reset here? All right, ESPN Kansas City listeners, this is all live right now, right yeah, now yeah. as we speak. Yeah, we're nailing three, this. It's 3.01 p.m. on a Tuesday. But, yeah, let's try this. But, Hang on. Ready? But after the marker, I'm going to I'm gonna slow up some music, and then I'm going to slow it back down. Oh, we're going to start the music again oh, also yeah, and everything? Do it, okay, hold on. Hold on. We're going to change up the music Dylan, I'm going to cue you. Okay, ready? All right, we're going to do the <laughs> second intro of this edition of the Homestretch slash- I love live shows. Slash Stu at Night <laughs> in three, two, one. Welcome back in. Josh Briscoe with us. Happy to be here, Stu. Thanks for having me. Are you glad to be here? Yeah. I Well, I got some tough news this morning that I knew that you and I would be able to talk about, and I've really been looking forward to that conversation since mm. I found out um, the thing I found out this morning. Uh, which is, no, not something incredibly sad that... Uh, well? Well, no, not what people might think. When you think of something incredibly sad... Some really tough news. Some really tough news. It's sticking with me all day. Did you turn this all the way down? That was you. You tur- I got some tough news, too. I'm freezing in here. Hey, dude, it, the air just turned on. Give it a break and set up the show. Why I are you talk sad? About this. Thank you, Sterling. Why are you sad, Briscoe? Sterling, Sterling, thanks for asking. It's because this morning it was announced. I, do you need me to get the thing for you, man? Sterling says he's cold. This is unbelievable. This is the most unprofessional radio show I've ever been a part of. That is very much a lie. Shockingly, it's true. Um... <laughs> For the people who get to know how the sausage gets made, I think this might be evidence in court for that fact. This morning, the uh, lead singer and uh, I think only original remaining member of Panic at the Disco, Brendan Urie, uh, announced that the the band would be ending as uh, he and his wife are expecting a child. And I'm a big 
I'm a big Panic at the Disco boy. Have been since the OG days. And, you know, that news, anytime a band says, hey, curtains, we are done making music, that's a, that's a hard thing to go through. In fact, Stu, I was listening to some of the new Red Hot Chili Peppers yesterday, yeah. really enjoying it. I meant to text you. I thought, you know what, I'll save it for Thank our conversation. You. But uh, it was tough news today, but, but I think you are on the right track with your Panic at the Disco take, and mm-hmm. I can kind of soften it a little bit, kind of mold it in my own image, but I, I did think that what you tweeted this morning was was reasonable. Uh, what we're going to say is, we talk so much Chiefs, so much NFL. We're going to do a bunch more in like a minute, We're still going to do a bunch. Don't apologize for no, the fact no, that we no. have I'm, to start. This I'm is what the people want. No. This is what the people want. Let folks know. We're talking Panic Disco for a brief moment just because Briscoe Don't loves it and I love that. it too. Don't apologize for it. I'm not apologizing. I'm setting the scene. I feel like you're apologizing. Maybe you should apologize to me. You're really getting angry. I brought a Brendan really good, I thought I brought a really good energy Panic to the show at the today. Disco. Okay, I told you I like Panic at the Disco. Yeah. I'm not a big Brendan Yuri guy. He's fine. Panic at the Disco ceased being Panic at the Disco in I don't know, 2009. I think you got to count both of the first two albums. You got to count Yeah, I agree. Fever and Pretty Odd. 100%. Previously you've just said first what? album, I want to include Pretty Odd. I'll g- I'll give you two. I'm just trying to be I'm just trying to be accurate. In fairness, I'm pretty sure Brent Wilson, uh one of the founders, only played on um on one album. But it's okay. It's okay. Well, it's getting warm in here, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's getting toasty because I'm right. The point here, Panic it's at the Disco toasty you turned the air stopped back after their second album. See, and this is not what I don't, this, you're really going at this again in a very hostile way. It's really tough. I, you were in such a good mood earlier. Just felt like we're having a nice time, just catching up, and the show got started, and, and I'm here now and having some having some fun, and now you've got all this really angry energy. I'm not angry. Lean back in your chair for I, a second. <sighs> lean back in your chair and try to release some of the tension from your, your, your shoulders and your neck and, and stop grinding your teeth, okay? Look. They're ground. Here's what I want to say is I absolutely... Panic at the Disco in the traditional band sense. Fever You Can't Sweat Out, all-time great. Pretty odd, really good album. And then it became kind of the Brendan Urie project. I get that. Vices and Virtu- Virtues was good. Too Weird to Live, too, re- uh, too Rare to Die. I think it's my favorite of the solo albums, essentially. It was, it was actually weird. I appreciated that. Death of a Bachelor, legit good pop album. It's a pop album, but it's a legitimately very good one. And then Pray for the Wicked was sort of like not my fave. And then Viva Las Vengeance, the one that came out last year, is just not for me. I didn't I didn't love the work. So I am having an okay time processing my grief today because I I was not necessarily excited about the next Panic of the Disco album and will always have a fever you can't sweat out. I guess for me, they they ceased being in like 09. So I'm I'm over it. Okay. Well, I appreciate you at least having a really good attitude about me getting a chance to process my grief. Are you processing it okay? Do you need a- I think so. I just thought we'd have a fun time talking about it, and you're like, hey, everybody, don't forget the Chiefs do play a playoff game on Sunday, and I bet we'll talk about it. And we will. We can right now. How are your, how are your ankles feeling? Well, not great because I just tried cutting them off to send to Patrick Mahomes in the mail. <laughs> I don't think that would help. So yeah, somehow my doctor <laughs> said that wasn't good for either party involved. That's right. And I said, I'm gonna try, <laughs> sir. I'm gonna try. It was like a saw trap. It was, like, it was a I'll saw. Yeah. Basically, we've been walking around eight ten. There's just these bear traps just everywhere. <laughs> just who? Come on. Everybody here got like a foot shorter because we've all been just sawing <laughs> off. There's the just half-eaten donuts put in there. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, if you see the 
eight ten. Come on, we work, we work in donuts, radio. Man is very no, funny. They don't even have to be a full donut though. We work at eight ten. We'll we'll see. We work in sports radio. Yes. Have you have you seen a lot of very healthy people it, in sports radio? It doesn't lend to a very healthy lifestyle. lifestyle. No, we we're not picky. No. We we see some a, a bag of Cheetos. They yeah. may have expired a year ago, but we sure. say, well, they're sealed. Yeah, I right. ate some Hawaiian rolls that were at least a month old. You, you, thank you for that, by I the way. I checked the Best Buy date after Sterling ate them. And not just one, I ate two. Um, for, there's ribs, half-eaten ribs, like a rack that were in the fridge forever. Uh, there's some wild food items here. Yeah. And my point is... To fool us into eating some of those doesn't take much. No. I truthfully think if you got a a bear trap, mm-hmm. at least one person here would try and get a donut out before it would get our, our foot or our hand. Yeah. yeah. And I think I do think also by not being bears, by actually being human beings. And hey, everybody, don't freak out. We're going to talk about the Chiefs here in just a second. I, Sterling keeps pulling us away from it. But uh, I, I think we would have a lot of fun just, like, trying to figure out the safest way to extract the donut. And then eventually someone would lose a hand or a foot or whatever, and that would be a big deal. But um, if you want to send a bear trap, uh, Union Broadcasting, you can just care of Sterling Holmes. Um, <laughs> that seems pretty illegal. I mean, it's not like, don't send it locked and loaded, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. If you, Sterling, what's your home address again? No. DM me for Sterling's home address, <laughs> and I'll, I'll give it to you. I, th- th- I was actually thinking, like, I think Briscoe might know it. Oh, I, I could get it, yeah. I, I, I know yours. I have it in like, an, in, in, like, a text or something. I have it in a text. I have yours yeah. in text. I'll move. I don't care. <laughs> Send bear traps courtesy <laughs> of Sterling to Briscoe. At Union Broadcast. Just send it to the station. We did know. do it. Please a, don't, hey, everybody, real quick, just to make quick. Hold we, on. We, I'm yeah, sorry to cut you off one yeah. more time. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Please don't send bear traps in the mail, period. Definitely not to us. You might think, oh, but it'd be so funny if I did. Please don't do that. We actually did a murder mystery at Briscoe's house. It's true. And uh, just me and Sterling. This might be a good prop for it next Ooh, time. Oh, yeah. interesting. You, you you just don't tell people to do it's like a, a cardboard real bear one. trap or something. No, but you don't tell if it's a real one. They think, ah, look at this fun joke. And next thing you know. There's only one person who I can think of who would immediately fall for that, and he's currently across the console from me. Dylan. Nope, he's on the other side of the glass. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie goes, noted, send bear traps. Ronnie, come on, no, no bear traps. Uh, If you just send them directly to Sterling's house, I'll DM me. Let's, you want to talk Royals first or Chiefs first? Up to you, man. Do you have a preference? Um, yeah, I, the, the Royals is a little newsier, and I feel like we can get in and out of it a little quicker. There's a lot of stuff going on with, with Chiefs Bengals, back on Chiefs Jags and all that. So, yeah, if you want to do some baseball, let's let's do the baseball, I guess. All right, so Alberto Mondesi is the one I'm most upset about. Let's <laughs> let's start here. First off— um, That sentence has been said so many times in so many different contexts. It's yeah, always yeah. true. Since, I don't know, 2014, basically. Pretty much. 15, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ronnie, no, I don't think Prado's going to play third because Prado's left-handed. So Prado yeah. will not play uh, third base. Um, when it comes to Alberto Mondesi, I don't understand it. I understand trying to trade Mondesi. I have no qualms with that. I don't think you're going to get a king's ransom in return. I understand it's a sunk cost to an extent. You know what you know with him. He's an injury-prone guy who has shown glimpses of greatness. But you trade him for a 29-year-old loogie, a left-handed reliever, who didn't There's, play last year with back with issues. With a back injury. What and do they that, say about back injuries? They're not good. You never had a bad back because you 
always still have a bad back. Yeah. I have no idea if that's the details here. But I have a bad back, here. and I've never felt good again. Exactly. So there we go. It makes no sense. It, I saw a tweet. I, I apologize in advance. It was like having a, Is this a lottery Reaper's ticket. Tweet? Was it like even a dollar lottery ticket? It can pay out a hundred bucks, and all of a sudden you sell it for thirty cents. It. Why not just if you lose the dollar, you lose the dollar. Uh, Max Reaper of Royals Review tweeted that trading out Alberto Mondesi is like cashing out a losing bet before the outcome is done. You're giving up a chance to have it pay off, but you also aren't going to lose all your money with nothing in return. And I, I like that analogy also. But what I would add is that they cashed out for like two dollars. Dayton Moore just spent his tenure in Kansas City telling you that this was about to pay off for five hundred. That it was oh, yeah. just give it time and you're going to be able to, to cash this thing out. And even if, if Mondesi stuck around, the odds of you getting to cash out at $10 at the trade deadline probably isn't super high. Sure. But regardless, I'm not super thrilled about the $2 that you just got back. I don't I don't cash out bets for 2 bucks, no. even if it's 28 to 3 at halftime. You let it ride. That's right. I, I just... <sighs> and I know it's more transactional, right? Like, people... This, this, I could understand if the Royals right now were like, but you guys are never happy, him. what do you want? But not with him. But it, it feels, here's the other thing, I mentioned this to Jason on the zone today too, like, I, I think the other thing that it shows is that the belief in Mondesi was not organization-wide. Yeah. It was Dayton Moore's belief. Dayton Moore believed in Adalberto Mondesi's upside, or at least he believed enough to keep him around. The organization, JJ now obviously being like the head honcho, did not see it that way and said, give us a lefty who we can get back on the field, and we'll also send you a player to be named later. Yeah, and by the way, I also believe in Mondesi, so I have that going for me. Um, most people, I, that's interesting. You might actually <laughs> be on the other side of this. Then most people in this I think building, most people I think, disagree. Most people in this building ha- have a distaste for for Mondesi much more so than I do, and I don't know why that is. I just am not. I, I haven't. I haven't been that as frustrated with him as others have been. Don't think of him as the royal savior. Think yeah. of it. Think of him as a, a if he all of a sudden turns it around and becomes great, he's there. If not, you're not paying him hardly anything. Right. It it makes no sense to me. The Royals already have a plethora of bullpen pieces. They have so many lefties. guys, a lot of lefties. I don't understand. It's not a young guy. It's not like we're talking like a 24-year-old dude with gas. It's a it's a Michael A. Taylor trade was a couple of prospects, right? That you can one kind of I talk understand. yourself into that. Yeah, yep. Michael A. Yep. Taylor, I could I understand. Yep. It also opens up room for Drew Waters, Kyle Isabel. I'm more on the Drew Waters side. I think Drew Waters is a legitimate future big leaguer. Uh Kyle Isabel seems like a the same guy that Rose have had forever, a defense first guy who can't hit. Mm-hmm. He it was a two eleven average last year, seventy five strikeouts and two hundred and eighty six at bats. I'm doing this off the top of my head, by the way. So if yeah, I'm a couple numbers. Sterling's off. eyes are on me right now. This is, this he is incredible. He had eleven wall I I'm I'm horrible at math, but pretty good at numbers. Eleven walks, doesn't walk, strikes out in over twenty five percent of his at bats. Two eleven average. P- folks like to say, "Well, he hits the ball hard." Does he? He had five home <laughs> runs. Does he? I get it. He's great defensively. People like to point to the year before he had seventy six at bats. Uh, again, sorry if I'm a couple numbers off. This is off the yeah, top of my down. Batted like two seventy. That's such a small sample size. I prefer the one that's larger and more recent. Kyle Isabel might be a guy, but there's zero, zero thing that I've seen from him that says that's a future big leaguer, a future starting center fielder. This is the plethora of center fielders who are defense first that the Royals have trotted out there forever. Yeah. It's Nicky Lopez at second base. You can't have a multitude of these guys on your roster and expect to win in today's Major League Baseball. Drew Waters, defense first to an extent, mm-hmm. but he also is a switch hitter with who's shown some power. 
He he's shown some speed. He's a more well-rounded guy. I think Drew Waters has shown way more than Kyle Isabel giving Waters a nod in my mind makes sense. And again, four and a half million saved by trading Michael A. Taylor. Not a lot of money, but for the Royals, it's about what they spent on Chapman. It, it's a decent amount. It, maybe this is the couple extra million to get in another starting relief or starting pitcher, whether that's Zach Greinke yep. or someone else, makes sense. The Michael A. Taylor trade overall. So it's my first time really diving in, so I'm sure, kind of yeah, going on no, a tangent cook, here. I, you but, let me talk about Panic at the Disco. But, you can talk about baseball. The Michael A. Ta- Michael A. Taylor uh, pickup originally makes a lot of sense. They had him for what a little over two seasons. He had one very nice year batting, uh, maybe three quarters of a season batting. He was fine for what he was. Yep. They got two prospects back. Neither of them are going to be some elite prospects. They're major league uh, probably ready bullpen pieces. One dude, Steven Ruiz, throws triple digits, which is nice to have. Um, both of them have walk issues, and this is a Royals organization who has not shown the ability to straighten that out in guys, so that makes me a little nervous. They've changed some things. But we'll see. This could be a good test of these guys have stuff. Let's see if we can figure it out. And any time that they can do a, make a move that opens up a spot for a young guy to get more playing time, that's the MO of this season. You know, And it's it's kind of interesting to see the Royals in before a year begins basically admit that that's the MO of the season. Yeah. But to go back to Mondesi again, and again, look, I, I totally get it. If you're a Royals fan listening to this and you have no appetite for another year of waiting around to see if he does anything, I get it. But if if he gets hurt in spring training and, and never plays a, a game in 2023 – his value has dropped barely at all because yes. it's dropped from $5 to $0. And I I am just left a little bit a little bit annoyed or a little bummed I guess by by this being the time they move on from Mondesi. But again, I I don't want that to totally like to to color my perspective of the new reorganized front office. Correct. Because what really should have happened is that they should have traded Mondesi a really long time ago and teams still were willing to give up assets for him. That's the benefit of hindsight. I don't know what we would have all been saying at the time. But now it's just, it it feels like selling low. Yeah. I'm just irritated by it because here's what I'll say. I understand frustrations with Alberto Mondesi. But if you were to say you can have Josh Taylor on this team or Josh Taylor not on this team, you'd probably say, I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think anyone's here saying— That's right. I don't think anyone's here like, Josh, it was an undrafted guy. Lottery ticket to see if you can get something out of him, but it doesn't move the needle. I would prefer an actual lottery ticket. (laughs) I'd prefer an actual lottery ticket player, too, whether a 23-year-old, 18-year-old, someone young. And they're sending another player with him. I'm curious about how that happened. Because here's the thing, and Randy Gisarelli made this point on Twitter earlier today, too, which was like, hey, Taylor also, again, he did not pitch in 2022. Yeah. So it's not like you're just paying the injury tax on Mondesi (sighs) and getting, like, a worse healthy player in return. You're getting a pitcher who has not been exceptional in his time pitching and then most recently hasn't been pitching. So it <laughs> maybe it, I, it feels it feels like the Royals being done with Mondesi and and that yes. feels like a bad time to try to use some leverage. And maybe I'm just being an ass because we were all you know just wanting more transactional, more transactional. Yep. They finally yep. make yep. some moves and we're sitting here I understand why that would be complaining. for the Royals. Absolutely. So I understand that, but when we say make moves, typically we mean Good ones, just ones that ones that make sense. <laughs> I don't makes sense. like. And JJ yeah. said today, like you know, we wanted to give it every, Bobby Wood every opportunity to play shortstop, and he said, you know, this doesn't necessarily like have to directly impact that. Yeah. But hey, man, like no one was stopping you from from putting Bobby Wood at shortstop 150 times this sure. year. Just do it if that's where you think he can be and be your generational guy. There, uh, it, it's just 
It's a very, and this might be fitting, it's a very fizzling out, kind of unsatisfying end to the Adalberto Mondesi experiment, which, again, kind of fitting for what it was. Yeah. I would also assume this means, again, you're going to see youth and center. Bobby Witt Jr. is going to get the first crack, I would have to imagine, at shortstop. Hunter Dozier at third base. Let's go. <sighs> youth movement, baby. I, I will say the Michael A. Taylor move, I, I enjoy. The Aroldis Chapman one, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of understand from a baseball perspective where they're coming from. I just don't think the upside's there for a guy who has uh, off-the-field issues. Mm-hmm. In a young clubhouse, mm-hmm. you have a guy who decided that a tattoo was more important than the potential playoff opportunity. And again, I, 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 the tattoo got infected, I, and that's a different look. You got to take, take care of your tattoos, everybody. Well, no, I, I understand that it's a freak thing, but it's also one where, to me, it feels like, okay, this guy cared more about getting a tattoo than the potential playoff push. And then three, he made the Yankees' decision very obvious of, hey, you might or might not be on the playoff roster. Come to this mandatory meeting. Uh, come see what you got. And he goes, no, I think I'm just going to leave. I'm going to just – I'm just going to hang in I'm Miami gonna bail. for a bit. So even if the Rose like, yeah, we think we can fix him. Yeah, I feel it. If they fix him, he's 35. He's a one-year reliever. What team's like, oh, yeah, we're backing up the truck for this guy trade deadline for one month of a 35-year-old Araldis Chapman who's been a head case in the past? Yeah. That's great. If if all the Royals' bets pay off in a major way, then they might have a chance to get a little bit back in return, and I don't know that the odds on any of that are all that good. Your best bet is basically getting back a Dylan Coleman. Yep. That's what was uh, for... Uh, a, I'm drawing a blank on which reliever was traded from from Kansas City. I can't remember. Um, uh, Tr- Trevor Rosenthal. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Trevor yeah, right. Rosenthal. And Rosenthal was the most successful out of those experiments that the Royals have had. Right. So like that was that is a pretty much best case scenario. So best case scenario, Royals trade Aroldis Tra- Chapman for a Dylan Coleman, and Dylan Coleman's a useful piece. That was a very fine trade. I'm yep. I'm happy with that. Rosenthal one. signing worked out, and it was a it was a fine trade. But that's if that's the best case scenario, Rosenthal didn't have the other. Correct. Issues Correct. that Aroldis Chapman had. That's right. So, ranking <sighs> Royals offseason moves so far one to ten. Ten being the best, one being the worst. You mean like like a like a like a grade. Give me a little grade so far on on January twenty fourth. Oh, you for the offseason altogether. So far, yeah, for Royals. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, five. Fair. Just smack dab in the middle. I was thinking that I didn't feel that strongly in either direction. That's the thing with like, the Mondesi conversation we just had. I'm not going to be like driving home pissed about it, right? Like, I can't believe they traded Mondesi for nothing. I just. There's not many things I would drive home pissed about to begin with, quite frankly. Like, there, there's a few things. Well, hold on, I just checked my phone. The Royals just traded Bobby Witt Jr. for a role this Chapman. That doesn't make any sense. Don't. No. Dylan, don't laugh. Don't laugh at that bad joke. Dylan can't help himself. It's a great joke. It's a five. I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, that's fine I, too. I like them being more transactional. I, yep. I I don't like the Jordan Lyles move in a nutshell because they yep. overpaid for a guy who I don't think you needed to overpay for. I don't yeah, like the Myers thing. That not good. I like the Michael A. Taylor trade, but yep. the, again, they're being more transactional. If we're going to complain about them not making moves and they finally start making moves, we at least have to wait for some of the results to play out. Definitely, absolutely. And and again, being more active that way, I think is generally a good thing. You got to string together your base hits, you know? I mean, that's that's how this works. I Keep the line moving, you'd say? You got to keep the line moving. 
but I I would just say that to this point, I'm pretty whelmed about a baseball team that's been very whelming for basically almost nearly, not quite, nearly the last decade. I would say whelming is a very uh, nice word to say because I think underwhelming or severely underwhelming or disappointingly underwhelming or bitterly underwhelming might be a better Historically, I think that's fair. This (laughs) offseason has been mildly underwhelming to this point, I think. Fair. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk Chiefs right after this. Welcome back into the Panic at the Disco show. You're gonna, I'm doing this for you, Briscoe. What a beautiful wedding! What a beautiful wedding! Says the bridesmaid to the waiter. To the waiter? What? Okay, this is for Briscoe. Thank you. And me a little bit too. Panic, Panic at the Disco is no more. But what is forever. more is the Chiefs in the playoffs. Chiefs five the door? time in a row AFC hosting. The NFL tried to close the bleeping door on Arrowhead Stadium. They tried saying, hey, go to Atlanta. And Cincinnati said, no. So we will not be we going. We will not be going. How dare they sell tickets to a game we weren't going to be playing in while we were selling tickets to <laughs> Bengals <laughs> Jags. Yeah, seriously, they were still doing that, too. I don't understand Zach Taylor's. I, I get it. Zach Taylor's trying to be a. Uh, Zach Taylor's was funny. All the players who have jumped in on it have been kind of whatever. I don't like Eli like Apple. Yeah. Should we be mad when Zach Taylor takes a game ball to a local bar for every win <laughs> they have in the playoffs? So uh-huh. are, we, are we pulling up everything that people do now? That the Zach Taylor was saying like he kept the, the Bengals kept derailing the NFL's contingency plans, which yeah. is true. Which is true. The ticket sales thing really has continued to only irk me slightly more as the week has gone on because everybody sells tickets to the games. They started selling tickets to all the combinations of potential championship games before the games happen. Yes. If you don't like that process, that's fine. But tell the NFL, not me. It's like what is it? people are like, hey, I might like to have more than three days notice to go to a game. And the bank is like, no, you must have three days or else we're ruining it. I, uh, just, I don't get it. Don't also, know. Eli Apple has the most obnoxious Twitter well, account of all hold time. hold on now. Let's not jump to conclusions. Eli Apple is playing the heel now. It might come naturally to him. He might really just be kind of a bleep. But, like, I kind of respect the hustle of simultaneously playing the underdog and the villain while being favored. Like, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of appreciate the incredible gymnastics that the Bengals and specifically Eli Apple are doing. Yeah. I I liken it to you play basketball, the wreck. Your team keeps winning, but you're the guy who's just horrible. Jacking up threes, airballing it, you're getting cooked on defense, but let's just say you have, like, LeBron James on your team. Sure. And so your team keeps winning, and that guy's not trash-talking. Like, Joe Burrow's not really trash-talking very much. 
Right, he, he's been pretty quiet about all this. But then Eli Apple's over here just sitting here trash-talking, getting in your face, calling it Burrowhead, and you're sitting here like, dude, you've done nothing! Burrowhead is also kind of funny. I think I Burrowhead's say, actually kind of good. Very well done. You're just kind of on the same team as this guy. Yeah. You're getting cooked! Yeah, Apple pie. You know what's impressive, but, though? He was able to unite Bills and Chiefs fans last night, which was see, very impressive. That's true. On the internet, I'd say. Watching <sighs> watching the, the Bills and Bengals fans try to decide if they're rooting for or against the other is uh, has really also been some incredible gymnastics. Are you concerned at yes. all? <laughs> yes, I am. Sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just figured I'd jump we'll right We'll talk the about Mahomes' ankle. Okay. But are you concerned at all that the Bengals' offensive line, which was so maligned, so banged up, missing so many pieces— they were able to just dominate against the Buffalo Bills defense. And I understand the Bills defensive line. They're banged up. They're not 100%. I understand the snow aspect. The announcers yep. wanted to make sure that, that people knew offensive lines, which is a good point. I, I, uh, I was uh, going to mention it too. Offensive lines in the snow should be able to get a, a, a push more so than the defense. Well, didn't look the same for Buffalo. That's right. But Cincinnati, the offensive line looked like they've been playing together forever. Yeah. They were getting such a good push, especially on the ground with Joe Mixon. I know they didn't have a ton of deep balls. Joe Burrow in the game play was trying to get the ball out quick, but he hardly never got hit. Yep. Are you concerned at all that the Bengals banged up offensive line, frankly, dominated against Buffalo? Yeah, I guess I, I'm not really worried about that as much as that's just a thing that I'm evaluating as a part of the game plan now. Like, okay. that is just something that's in the mix where that I, I thought that there was at least the chance going into that, that Bills game that we were going to be able to, if the Bengals won and the Chiefs advanced, that we'd be able to talk about, hey, here's a place where the Chiefs can really have the upper hand. But at this point, I, I think the Chiefs just have to know, like, they, they got good tape on the Bengals against the Bills last week. There will be no overlooking them as some, like, banged-up unit, right? Yeah. I think the snow on the turf thing matters matters but also Joe Burrow getting the ball out quickly is nothing new like that is something he is exceptional at and has been exceptional at for a while now it seems like so I I think that the Chiefs might be in a better position especially on the interior with a little guy who wears number 95 and by little guy I mean a giant monster of a man Um, I do think Chris Jones will have a chance to make an exorbitant impact on this game he's due for it he was Mm. Winning constantly, especially in the second half against the Jags. He did not get a sack, so the stat lives on. But I think we could see him make a tremendous impact in this game. I would love to see that both for his just sort of narratives and also because I think that'd mean a lot of good things for the Chiefs. But I I respect what that Bengals line did against the Bills more than I expected to going into that game. And, and I am less confident in the Chiefs side in terms of that being a matchup that they should win now it just feels like the matchup that they need to win, but I don't know if the odds are necessarily in their favor. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I was just taken aback when I was watching that game, just the domination. I do think the Chiefs' defensive line, they're healthier right now than Buffalo's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Chris Jones is a game wrecker. Frank Clark, playoff Frank playoff Clark. Frank Clark seems to be a, a thing, real man. deal. I think yeah. playoff Harrison Butker seems to be a real great, thing. Also making some great as, tackles. As well. Delivering yeah. big hits. <laughs> playoff Harrison Butker. Just hit stick yep. with, his, with his face mask, with his chin. Just Gotta good, use good your head you. sometimes. Man. Good for you. Um, are you interested, or what do you think I should say Lou Anarumo does? Because he called a phenomenal, phenomenal game against Buffalo. Sending Mike Hilton, I believe, on five blitzes. Got there four times. Four hit QB hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, just switching it up time and time again. I know in the previous matchup against Kansas City, they dropped eight, rushed three in the Chiefs. I don't want to say beat themselves because I think that's such a 
you give zero credit to the other team when you say they beat themselves. Sure. I think you, you can make the case that the Bengals had a great game plan because they knew Kansas City would eventually go away from the run, which they did. Mm-hmm. But when Mahomes is hurt with his ankle, do you think they send a ton of pressure and try and make him move? Or do you think they say, you know what, we're going to drop eight again and still try and force you to beat us? What would you do? My, what I would, well, what I would do is my guess as to what Anarumo is going to do, and this is sort of a, a vague answer, but I, I think it's the one that makes the most sense right now, which is that I would, and I think he will, try to show Mahomes a bunch of different stuff. You, you can't do the exact same things in the first and second half against Mahomes. You can go back to his rookie year against Bill Belichick. By halftime, he had that stuff figured out. Like, this was not even really a question anymore. So... Anarumo specifically, I think he is the only defensive coordinator in football who can really claim, hey, I have beaten Patrick Mahomes three times. And I don't even just mean the team won. I mean the D.C. won over what Mahomes was able to do with that, with what the Chiefs were preparing for, all of that. So I imagine that there will be a varied approach. And I think that that here's where the chess game comes in. This is one of the things. This is just like a real small snippet of where football's beautiful as, as a sport. My hunch would be that the Chiefs are going to try to do a little more of a, a quick strike sort of offense this week because you you just can't you can't ask Patrick Mahomes to extend plays all day. He's going to have a couple of times where he scrambles for a first down if he sees it there, or he'll roll out you know and try to avoid some pressure from his backside. But you you cannot say hey be the guy that we saw in the first drive against the Jags because that dude was on one, but he was he was just being a magician. The Chiefs can't ask Mahomes to do that. And if you're going to try to, to to speed the game up a little bit, you want to have more uh, quick routes and, and where he knows where he's going with the football while he's reading the defense before the ball even gets snapped. But if you're the Bengals, I think you want to speed things up anyway. You do want to send some pressure that you wouldn't normally send blitzing Mahomes. And you don't necessarily, this is the other thing, the Bengals have gotten pressure with three, like, Against the Chiefs, they did it against the Bills. That is a thing that is in their playbook. They can get pressure with three pass rushers. I don't know how, but it keeps <laughs> happening. So if they can get pressure with three and speed things up, it's over. I mean, I don't. That's yeah. that is a against like any team. That's almost an that, unsurmountable. That, that, that's not a hot take. That's no. just a a take. <laughs> it's the other way around. Also, if the Chiefs start pressuring Joe Burrow with three, we're we're watching another Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks. Cool, yeah. but. I think that he's going to show some varied pressures, probably throw some junk at him and show him some stuff that they end up bailing out of in coverage. And then you just want to try to muck things up. If it's his passing lanes when he's not as mobile, if it's in coverage, just trying to make him second guess where the ball can go. If you're playing zone, eventually Travis Kelsey's going to get open. Can you overcompensate to try to stop Travis Kelsey and just really make sure he doesn't beat you? Well, if that's the case, now... In a faster game, when the Chiefs might be working a little quicker, and certainly the Bengals are going to want to work them quicker, now you are relying on MVS and Juju and maybe Kadarius Toney and Justin Watson. You're relying on those guys to win their one-on-one matchups quickly. I don't think we've seen all of those guys do that a tremendous amount this year. Juju as like a counter to Travis Kelsey is great, but we've also seen him have some quiet stretches. Um, MBS, we've certainly seen have a lot of quiet stretches. He does good things in the offense, but it's not always moving the ball in the 50-yard chunks you kind of hope to see. So I am fascinated to see how this game is going to play out. And ultimately, I have like a little bit of excitement sprinkled on top of a, a perhaps larger dollop of concern. Yeah. That was a really good breakdown. Thank you, man. That's all I gotta say. Was that that was a really good breakdown? I had all that because in that energy because for the disco. I'll say. You know. I, I I will say this. I, I'm with you in saying Lou and Arumo and, and Zach Taylor and that defense. They're gonna switch it up. 
But where I think it's going to be fascinating is I think they drop eight and force Mahomes to beat him because I think if they send a ton of pressure, even with the the bum ankle, yeah, he rips up. His brain should be defense. working at the same yeah. speed. We hope, yep. and that means more one on one coverages. Yep, Mahomes can still throw the rock. Absolutely, and pushing off that back foot it, could be tough. But we'll it could be tough, we'll but yeah, but yeah, but just I think Kadarius Tony is one of those guys that could be a major X factor. McCall Hardman, I would be hard pressed to believe we we're still kind of left in the dark here. I'm assuming he's going to be. I just until we get some positive that's right reinforcement, I'm going to say he's probably going to be out. So you're looking at a man beater. And not man eater like Hall and Oates, but man Correct. beater. Sure, I think uh, Tony. I think Tony is the right call on this one. I'd like to see Kadarius Tony get ten touches in this game. Uh, Let him be your little pop pass guy or whatever. But you got to just get the ball into the hands of guys with some good ankles. Yeah. So it's man eater, Hall and Oates. Just heads up. Well, I know that was the play on word. Oh, okay, my bad. I'll just go back to not. It's okay. He called talking. him. He called him Kyle Isabel like three times in the first segment, and I didn't want to tell you you're adding a syllable. It's so. Kyle Isabel. I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just to Sterling's knowledge on bands, it's vast. So whenever I have a chance to maybe be a little smarter, uh, or maybe no, know something, Dylan, that was good though. I appreciate I almost you. Almost came in and knew something, but I did miss the play on words. You're good. No, Dylan, you add something to the conversation now. Wow. What? what, what, what? <laughs> Yeah, let me try. The, that is the lowest effort way of asking him a question. Usually, to do that, that is an implied undertone uh, of asking someone a question directly. Yeah, I was it trying was like, to Dylan, be... say some sports words. Well, Football, you think? <laughs> Game of inches. Game of inches. <laughs> Who is your X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs in this matchup? I don't think he's allowed in the stadium anymore. This is a good take. Sorry, I'm going to shut up. So that you was make this really point. good. Go ahead. That was really good. Go ahead, Dylan. I like this take a lot. Linebackers, because of Joe Mixon, wasn't even available for them last game, and they were rushing for about five to six yards a carry out of a inside zone scheme. I thought I saw on Twitter. I would love to give credit to who tweeted that. But I feel like our linebackers are going to need to step up, and it's going to be tough because of all the different things they're going to have to track with crossing routes, which they attacked mm-hmm. us with in the first game. And then also they get Mixon and Piran this time. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm terrified of the middle of the field, and I've my feelings on the Chiefs linebackers have gotten concerning. So this is where I was actually going to go to, so I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you and I have a nice— Dylan, thanks uh, for adding something to the conversation. Nice wavelength. Mind meld. Yes. Hey, I would have talked about this on The Zone today. We never got there. I mean, we're, can we not all be on the same page? We're all on the same page. Why do you have to alienate me? You're in here, too. Thank you. We it's have a, a nice triangle show. of— That's right. <laughs> if there's any disagreement, we'll summarily end the program. Yeah, yeah, of course. We'll, we'll actually throw hands. It's the Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bolton. As much as I enjoy him, and I, I, I say it all year long, I, I hate saying anything negative about him because M-I-Z, and I just think Nick Bolton's a very good player. Not good in pass coverage. We knew this, so it's not necessarily a complete knock on him. I think some of the situations he gets put in, it's not all his fault. It's expecting It would be like expecting me to cover T.Y. Hilton or, or some other actual NFL wide receiver. I don't know why T.Y. Hilton was the first guy that came to mind. I don't know but either, I'd get but cooked like, by him. you should expect a linebacker to occasionally be able to cover the middle of the field. Like, that's okay. Willie Gay Jr., for all his athleticism, also struggles in this role. He has underwhelmed this year. I think I think he might be the winner of like the quietly most underwhelming player this season. Sure. Willie Gay. And so my point is, Hayden Hurst, before he got hurt in that first matchup, was just cooking the middle of the field, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the linebackers. This is also my main concern, not just in the run game, because I do think Nick Bolton, I, I trust him. I, I understand Absolutely, some people man. don't, but no, I trust ch- him there. No, you know that if they run the football at him, no more than six or seven yards downfield, he's going to hit you. And this is where the Thunderdome <laughs> comes into play now. Um, I am I am furious at you. I don't like you 
<laughs> making light of a very good linebacker. I'd like to apologize to Nick Bolton and the family and friends of Nick Bolton. I do not want to apologize to Sterling. He is good! <laughs> Coming downhill the majority of the time, he's a sure tackler. As long as Great gets special a hand on teamer. Him. Great special teamer. Core four guy, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of good linebackers in this draft, I think. You think the Chiefs ought to spend a second-round pick on one for once? Uh, Try to finally get a guy in top cover. of day two? Can he cover? No. No. Not the guy the Chiefs like. I don't know who it'll be just yet, but no, he can't. It stinks because he's a super heady, smart player that does make up for that. Yeah. With Nick his Bolton has knowledge. value. And Thank I like you. Please, please keep talking nice about Nick Bolton. I figured if I shut up, you'd finally say something nice about him. America that does, it feels like. We're the best Nick Bolton program there is. There is some nuance with Nick Bolton. I understand this. Absolutely. I think I think perception of Nick Bolton has probably gone a little far. Not you not yours, just Chiefs fans in general. People saying that it was like the most egregious snub from the Pro Bowl. I think need to just go ahead and just use that just that big toe to tap those brakes just a second. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also on the other end of the spectrum, people that say it was impressive to redraft Anthony Hitchens are going a little <laughs> overboard as well. Why does Nick Bolton get so much hate? Why? He doesn't get so much hate. He man. does he's, though. He's there's, the there's no. It's either he's ass or he's incredible. That's not. I didn't say either of those things. You, man. you implied. You said no. he's horrible in pass coverage and he's I good tackling six I and didn't seven. Say that. He's. You said he was horrible in pass coverage. He had a nice rep last week in pass pro or pass coverage. I talked about it on post game. I gave him credit. I can't remember what it was, but he like was on top of a dude in pass coverage. It was a good pass breakup. Pass was a little low, but he closed sure. the window. He's had some good pass. Some good. Some good pass rep. Pass reps this this season. Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, also middle of the field. Yep. They have gotten better as the season's gone on. Justin Reed, early on, I was very concerned about Juan Thornhill. We were making jokes. I mean, still to an extent making jokes about the, his All Pro nomination he gave himself before mm -hmm. the season started. But Juan Thornhill's been a, a game changer, yep. I would say, as the season's progressed. Is this one of those situations where the safety play has improved enough, where the middle of the field can be? Helped by them, maybe you see more Brian Cook on obvious passing situations instead of Willie Gay Jr. What are you seeing here that can help alleviate some of the issues in coverage from the linebackers? Yeah, I do think that the safeties have have seen themselves take a few good steps in the back quarter of the season or whatever. And Justin Reed was largely playing pretty good football regardless. He just hasn't gotten thrown at very much, which is a good thing for a defensive back, you can watch the majority of a Chiefs game and never hear Justin Reed or Trent McDuffie's name. And if you're a defensive back and that's true, that is a compliment, not an insult. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, I, I do think we've seen Thornhill, who was who had some bad games in the midseason mark. I think the Bengals game might have been a uh, peak among them. But we, we have seen some bad games from him. We've seen the middle of the field occasionally be the place where the Chiefs just get absolutely worked. So I think that's the right region for you to look at. Um, it's kind of funny, but like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the guys on the on the outside, when they stay outside, that is, I kind of feel okay about the these young corners. They've really impressed me. But specifically to go back to the middle of the field, like you said, we have seen Brian Cook get more work later mm -hmm. in the year. Makes sense. He's a rookie, getting more comfortable. So I do think seeing him out there makes sense. I don't think they're probably going to take Nick Bolton off the field very much to do that. You mentioned, could it be Willie Gay off the field to put Brian Cook out there? 
maybe I, I trust I trust Cook to have like the size and and strength to be able to stick with a Hayden Hurst or something like that. But ideally, that should be a place where Willie Gay thrives anyway. Should. I don't know if the Chiefs are already saying, "Hey, it should," but it's yeah. not, and so we're moving on. Uh, I I remain pretty worried about the middle of the field because you have a defense where that has been the biggest weakness going up against an offense that is more or less built to consume you over the middle of the field. Yeah. Let's take a quick break because on this or that, I have a couple that are a little bit more long-winded that I actually want a legitimate response from you on. I can't wait. So we'll take a quick break, come back, this or that, right after this. Welcome back, Briscoe, with us for This or That. Got a couple questions that I need some longer answers on, Briscoe. Let's hit it. Carl Sheffers is roughing the Super Bowl. Why? Because the NFL hates you. Is this one of the long ones? Is this one we want to talk about more? No, not this necessarily. One, I, have no, I have no fathomable answer. No one's happy. He didn't do a good job this year. And yet here we are. It's beyond my understanding. I love it when you looked at what happened. It wasn't just Chiefs fans who were complaining. It was like Eagles fans saying, why? Dude's horrible. Everyone else would be like, dude, he throws more flags than anyone else. Why would the NFL want this as their product? That's right. It makes zero sense. Makes no sense. And if he was the quote-unquote highest-ranked official, all that tells you is basically the NFL wants to see you throw more flags. That's right. I do do think there's something in that. Yeah, if he's the highest-graded official— that, what does that tell you about the NFL's grading? I so congratulations, NFL. You want a worse, slower product. Welcome to college basketball. I, don't know. I just don't know. Ew, that's fun. I just don't know why Chiefs fans are so worried about how many flags he's going to throw on Eli Apple. Zach Taylor never seems to be in the elite head coach category. What more does he need to do to get there? Uh, that's interesting. I think without Burrow and the injury, that was that was early on in his uh, his first year, right? I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. the timeline of all of that. But yeah, no, he he had a longer climb to get like actual respect than most. I think, strangely enough, I mean, Super Bowl winning would certainly help. Beyond that, I think he might have to do it after the team changes the first time. That's yeah. something I would say. Hey, a lot of coaches can win with a rookie head coach and a rookie Jamar Chase contract, or sure. a rookie a quarterback. I mean, yeah, and a rookie Jamar Chase contract. So uh, let's let's see how it how it looks after the retool. I'm not sure he's only head coach but it just feels like one of those situations where he's had continued success and yet you're seeing guys like uh brian dable who i think who i think already is getting more i think taylor wasn't as successful in year one this brian his hype train never really got never took off yep Yep. fair uh eli apple is the ultimate trash talker on twitter are you surprised no one on the Bengals has told him to cut it out no it seems like the Bengals are kind of in on this i mean maybe and maybe not maybe you're right maybe eli apple's doing most of the talking for them but uh like i said earlier i actually think there's something kind of funny and kind of admirable about like the Bengals playing the underdog villain nobody believes in us cards all at once it's a big hand with a lot of cards in it but they're trying who is the x factor for the eagles and who is the x factor for the niners uh god i don't i i mean i it's an easy answer but if you can get the ball to aj brown at any given point it's going to make your offense look fundamentally more useful uh, I, I understand the running game is really important there, but I like picking AJ Brown for things. Uh, and then, you know who the X Factor is for the Niners? I was going to go defense. It's too easy. We know the defense. You know the X Factor on the Niners? Who? Brock Purdy. Oh. I just want to know how Brock he handles the this. Rock, baby. Can he be big Brock Brock, as I call him? 
Do the Chiefs Might have... Be, it's actually Kyle Shanahan's the real answer. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's the, the actual legit true answer. Yeah. yeah. Do the Chiefs have Snead travel with Jamar Chase? I No. Ooh. They might have Snead travel with T. Higgins. How about that? Explain it. Uh, he's like three or four inches taller. And the Chiefs with DK Metcalf, obviously, that was the idea. Then no Tyler Lockett there. This is a different environment because this isn't a one-dimensional receiving core. So they might not have him travel at all. Uh, but he was going to travel with Mike Williams against the Chargers up until he got hurt early in that game. That was actually mm-hmm. going to be the first time that he traveled. Uh, Williams got hurt, and it didn't end up happening. Rank the final four offenses left. The final four offenses. Oh, boy. Am I doing it with a hobbled Mahomes? Yeah. Every, I have to, I have everything to assume is, just like how they're going to look on yes. Sunday. Boy, howdy, Stu. You, you go 4-3-2-1 if you want. Or 1-2-3-4, I'll let you choose. I guess I'll go, holy smokes. I don't yeah. know, man. They're all really close. I think you could give almost any order, and I wouldn't necessarily think it was dumb. If I'm going to really follow my heart of, like, the hobbled Mahomes, the Chiefs would be, like, fourth. If I'm if the court, no, dude, if go, the quarterback go. on one leg, they'd be fourth. I get it. I'm not sure I'm willing to go that far yet. It's early in the week still, so I'll go Eagles 4, Bengals 3, Niners 2, Chiefs 1. That's assuming health. I would flip it almost on its head if the Chiefs are hurt. Wild. If is hurt. You, you, you and I are very different. I, but here's that, the thing, man. No, it's, you your, it's your pick. You can your slice pick. it up however. You could you could probably talk me over real quick. Yeah. I haven't given this any thought I, until just now. I get it. I have, I have Niners as the, as the fourth by and a pretty clear four, personally. Yeah, but here's— and, they have quarterback four, but non-quarterback, they're one. So that, to me, is, is probably the evaluation and how you could slice that up. Uh, they got QB four, uh, weapons one. Rank the final four defenses left. Niners one. Got. Eagles two? Yeah. Bengals three, Chiefs four. Yeah. 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 Okay. We agree. I think, I think there's an argument that the Chiefs are four and four on this on these lists if Mahomes is not moving very well on Sunday, but we're a long ways out. Uh I believe in Toradol. Be- better he's gonna dude, just give him six four locos and tell him to go out there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the average man that's, pain medicine. That's also how most people thought he would play coming out of college. Yeah. It was like Mahomes <laughs> now, but on six four locos. Better word cornucopia or diabolical? Diabolical. Better chance of winning the Big Twelve, K U or K State. K State right now. Bengals or Chiefs? It's early, man. I we don't have a practice report yet. All right. right now, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer today. The Bengals. Tomorrow, we'll see what that what that DNP LP FP next to Mom's name say. Who knows? None of us might even be here tomorrow. That's in the words point. of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Eagles or Niners? I'm ever so hesitantly going with the Eagles. I think they actually hammer the Niners. I wow. I, I think they win by uh, two scores. Uh, more yards, Jerry McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco? I think it's Pacheco. I think this is going to have to be a Pacheco game, and McKinnon's an incredibly valuable pass blocker. More snaps, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams. Watson. Yeah. Give a barbecue or give up cheese? Oh, boy. I eat a lot of both. I know. <laughs> All barbecue? I guess cheese, but I eat a lot of cheese, man. There are no carbs in that, and that's important to me. <laughs> Second best quarterback, Burrow or Josh Allen? Right now it's Joe Burrow. Better quarterback, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? Dak, get out of here. <laughs> We're out of here.